Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the show, I am thrilled to say a long-awaited show, a long-awaited guest. We have Packy McCormick, the author of Not Boring, though he's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask him that much about. Packy, thank you so much for being here. Alexis, thanks for having me. Hell yeah, I'm excited to have you. Are you ready to dive in? I'm ready. Let's do it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Knock, the most powerful notifications infrastructure you'll never build. So I'm not an engineer, but I've worked with enough engineers to understand that building your notifications infrastructure in-house is um, is hard, <laughs> like really hard. It doesn't seem hard at first because we all send texts, but then it's time to go multi-channel. And soon your simple decision trees start to look like a terrifying decision forest and it's getting dark out. But by the time you weed whacked your way through, your users are clamoring for another comms channel. Luckily, there's a better way. With Knox powerful API, you get a complete product notification system that includes batching, cross-channel delivery, and preference management, so users can choose which notifications they want to be alerted about. Who doesn't love a flexible, reliable notifications infrastructure set up in minutes? Hey, don't knock it till you try it. That's not actually their slogan, but it probably should be. Anyway, get started today for free at knock.app slash non-technical. That's knock, K-N-O-C-K dot A-P-P slash non-technical. Packy writes the Not Boring newsletter and invests in startups at Not Boring Capital. Before Not Boring, Packy spent six years at Breather as the New York City general manager, VP of experience, and co-CEO after escaping a brief career in finance. Packy McCormick, welcome to Non-Technical. So, so happy to be here. So happy to be here. So happy to have you here. We were just saying that we almost had coffee many, many moons ago, and it never happened because I was afraid that I had COVID. I was walking around the West Village. Yes, yes. I was so excited to finally meet Alexis in person, and then I, know. I got stood up. I did. I stood you up on our coffee, and I feel really bad about it. And as consolation, I invited you on my podcast. <laughs> As fellow creators, I think this is better than actually meeting in person. You have to yeah. share it with the people. Absolutely. Plus, it can be repurposed into content. And isn't that the point of all social interaction? I'm going to start a TikTok on the back of this. Thank God. I'm recording a TikTok right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Packy. Wow. I obviously know who you are from the internet. And we have, I'm sure, many mutual friends both on and offline. But you and I have never actually met, which is pretty cool. And so I'm excited to get to know you a little better on the pod. Likewise. Here we go. First question for you. How did you spend your last day off? That's a really good question. I can't think of the last day I had fully off, other than I took a month off for paternity leave. And so I, oh, I really? think I spent the whole time changing diapers and- Yeah, luxurious, I'm sure. It was incredibly luxurious, yeah. Rejuvenating. <laughs> I came back, I mean, it's like the trope came back from that way more tired than I was before that. I'm sure. And that was baby number two, right? That was baby number two. Wow. One for each hand. As my mom would say. We're done. I'm out of hands. <laughs> Once you're out of hands, I think that's the limit. You don't want to be a foot baby. <laughs> that's a great point. Okay, Packy, is there a song that whenever you hear it totally takes you back in time? Ah, Naw by the Nappy Roots, of course. 
oh. takes me back for some reason to high school cross country and just kind of driving around after practice. So Ooh. whenever I hear on a, which is not nearly enough on the radio, but mm. when I put mm. it on, it takes me right back. Wow. Calling out iHeart right off the bat, as you should. iHeart, get on that. We need more Anna on the radio circulating. I want Sirius XM. We need this on repeat. Yes, please. You did cross country in high school? I did. Were you always a runner? I was always, I mean, I was not particularly good at ball sports. So, I, you know, I was, I was on the all-star <laughs> team at my small Catholic school for basketball. Ooh. Thought Ooh. I was going to be in the NBA. Good family friends as a college basketball coach. And so my mom, okay. when I was like 10 and five foot one, asked him like, you know, what do you do with a talent like this? Like when you have a, a talent like Backy, like how do you prepare him for college basketball <laughs> in the NBA? And he was like, you know what? Let's wait a couple of years, see if he's still oh, this good. Yeah. And then and then we'll talk about it. Wow. Did you go through middle school with the confidence of someone who thought they were going to play in the NBA? I mean, the NBA is a big goal. I thought I'd be a yeah. very, very good college player. My dad almost had to move to, to London for work when I was in eighth grade. And I was like, Pretty bummed about it because I was going to leave my friends, but I was really yeah. excited about it because I was like, I grew up playing ball in America. I'm going to be like the best basketball player in yeah. all of London. <laughs> I also would have been one of the worst basketball players in London, but I was like very, very confident that they had nothing on U.S. basketball. Yeah, of course. Of course not. I'm sure they have some ridiculous name for it over there. Ball basket. It's football. Football. <laughs> hand hand football. Handball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you did cross country in high school then? I did cross country in high school. Okay. I almost did it in college, but I realized I wasn't that good at that either and it would have mm. meant doing nothing else but yeah i yeah. loved doing cross country in high school do you still run i started running again you did recently recently like in july i'm like a fat roller coaster where sometimes <laughs> i get like really fat and then i start running and eating healthy and then i get skinny and i'm like yep. close to there now and then yep. i'll get fat again at some point i sure. normally get in my best shape like heading right about now like december january when like there's no chance i'm gonna be on a beach or at a pool i'm in yeah. phenomenal shape and then by the time i put a bathing suit on i'm like in terrible shape every every why time why is that i have no idea i really don't because i guess i start <laughs> getting in shape in summer and the process takes a little while and so by the time yeah. i'm actually in shape it's, it's yeah. too late damn okay well you know this year are you thinking of adjusting that schedule even slightly i mean every time though i will say you are a dad and thus i believe you are entitled to develop a dad bod i've had a dad bod since long before i was a dad <laughs> so i'm doing it in reverse hopefully i've seen it in both directions i support you whichever which way thank you yes you're welcome the ups and downs the circle of life as it were um what is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? I love this question on the podcast. And because we have the two kids, we have to have a car. Yeah. And so I think the tiniest hill I'm willing to die on is that it should be 100% legal to park in front of fire hydrants, mm. but you get your window smashed in if they need to get the fire truck through. And I think oh, that's yeah. a risk that people should be allowed to take. I absolutely love this hill. Tell me this. Are you a good parallel parker? I'm good when I'm on my own. If my okay. wife is in the car, I yeah. I lose it. She thinks I'm a terrible parallel parker, but I think I just get really? nervous. Okay, parallel parking performance anxiety. By myself, I'm like amazing. I can get into tiny spots now that mm. you know, that I'm a New Yorker with a car. I, I'm pretty good, but I, I do suffer on the stage. Wow, that's tough. So has your wife ever seen you complete a parallel parking job with Grace? Sometimes I I get lucky and and I do it, but it's like everything. Another hill that I'm willing to die on, and it's all Let's related because it. I'm like a, just a dad in Park Slope now. But the other <laughs> one is the fact that they put the bike lanes behind the cars. Like I'm uh -huh. inevitably going to kill somebody yeah. making a turn because they just like For the sure. bikers pop out and you can't see them. And so yes. like, I love the idea of walkable cities and bikeable cities mm -hmm. and all of that, but people are going to die that way. But I'll, I'll like run over those plastic 
things that they put up to make sure really? that you don't turn to only when my wife's in the car. Otherwise, I'm like <laughs> a perfect, perfect driver. But whenever she's in the car, I drove over the median a little bit the other day, making a turn. Like, it's just not good. Really? Yeah. Okay, I think we can rebrand this, though. I think that this is actually an expression of how much you care what your wife thinks about you. I love that. Yeah. And I think this is just how much you love her and honestly, how much her opinion matters to you. That's exactly what I'm going to tell her next time. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> That's my gift to you. Being a New Yorker with a car is a specific thing. You are in a very elite group, very small. We're new car owners in the okay. city. Once we got the kid, we borrowed a car from our in-laws for a little while. We realized it was time to probably grow up and, and get our own car. And so, Absolutely. yeah, now we, we have so much mobility. We can pop out of the city. Sometimes they'll drive like 10 minutes away. It's really nice. How far away does something have to be before you're like, let's drive? If it's the weekend, it's less dependent on like the length of the trip and more on whether there will be parking spots. Like in the middle of the day on a Wednesday, mm -hmm. there's not going to be any parking spots. So it would have to be like two hours away for it to be worth driving. Sure. But on the weekend when there are parking spots, mm -hmm. you could drive five minutes away. Would you drive to like Prospect Park? I feel like that would be like you want to go to Prospect Park to get out there and like walk yeah. around and whatever. So yeah. I'd, I'd walk to Prospect Park or run to Prospect Park, but mm. like taking the kids to a doctor's appointment or something instead of getting the stroller and all that. Sure. That's like a 12 minute drive. And we would do that pretty much every time. Wow. You have a car, you have two kids and you live in Park Slope. This is incredible. It's, it's a really exciting life. I know that I am treating you like a museum exhibit, but it is because you are a breed of person that captures my fascination <laughs> because in total in my life, I've lived in New York for, I think- eight or nine years at different points in my life. I went to college here. The Park Slope parent has been a genre, if you will, for 15, 17 years in my life. And now here I am speaking with one. I didn't even know it was, like Brooklyn was so far. I lived 13th between 2nd and 3rd, my first seven years out of school. Brooklyn was so really? far away. Really? I lived on 13th between 1st and 2nd for a little bit. No way. Yeah. I was like right next to the little mini milk bar that they had there on oh, 13th between 2nd and 3rd. Yeah. Do you I, know Hampton's Marketplace? No. Is it new? No, no, no. The little, the place that, well, I mean, this is the place that when I was in college, you could get a bacon, egg, and cheese at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> no. I never, I never made it to Hampton's, but that was like, that was my spot. I, I really like... We lived in a three bedroom with two roommates and like almost wanted when I moved in with my wife to just try to like get her to move in there. I just like loved yeah. this place so much. Yeah. Wow. Would it have been with the other roommates? We might have like kicked one of them out maybe. And like there was, <laughs> it was a duplex. So we would have had maybe somebody live upstairs and, and downstairs sure. would have been ours. That sounds like the setup to a TV show. She was smarter than I was and it, it didn't go that way. And, and I'm mm -hmm. happy for it. A, a weird yeah. goal that I have in life is to make enough money just to buy back like that apartment and yes. go back and live there and renovate it and make it nice. I think that's a fabulous idea. It's a weird dream because the place is fine, nothing special, but... I think it's actually a really lovely dream because it would be so cool to be in the same physical space as you were at such a different time in your life, but you would get to re-experience it in a totally different way. It's beautiful. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that part would be really fun. We also had like this incredible roof deck where we'd have this party ran the roof every year where this guy would from he played it like the red lion would come over stand up on the roof and play down to a bunch of people and i just want to like <gasps> do those kinds of like oh, my peter pan yeah. phase i guess when the kids are a little bit older we'll move back yeah. there and just throw rooftop parties i think this is a great idea and not just because i want to be invited but generally because i think that this sounds super fun and also i'm a big fan of not necessarily letting age dictate what activities you can and should participate in i thought that when i was younger 
too, for sure. I was like, it's so weird that people get lame when they're, I'm going to probably dress cool and do cool things and go out and like, and then now I'm like, it'd be very weird if I were living the life that 22 year old me wanted me to live right now. I'd be a pretty pathetic dude. So I think I have to give that up. But once the kids are like in college, I think I can be cool again once they're, once I'm like 52 or something. I think maybe even slightly earlier than that, but I do think that it's sort of a curve. It's sort of similar to your weight loss, weight gain situation. (laughs) Like it comes back around for you and you'll get to have a second season as a cool guy. That's a hope. We're only 16, 17 years away from that. So that's a plenty, that's plenty of time to get that brownstone. Yeah. Start saving now. Well, you know, (laughs) as long as the content gods are are good to us. That's right. Did you make a TikTok yet while we were recording? It's been like at least 10 minutes. I'm still downloading the TikTok app. I actually, I think I'm like overly online and addicted, but the one addiction I've avoided so far is TikTok, which has been great. I get your videos via Twitter, which is all I need from TikTok. Thank you. I did want to go back to a piece of the original hill we started discussing, which is the hill of you should be allowed to park in front of a fire hydrant, but with the knowledge that your car window might get smashed if the fire department needs access. Yes. Okay. In this scenario, is the fire department breaking into the car so that they can move it to get their fire truck in? They can never fit the fire truck in that small spot. I think they need to just hook their hose up to the fire hydrant. What I'm picturing here is that they would smash through your windows to pull the hose through the windows wow, to hook it in. Wow, through the windows. Okay. That's what I would imagine. The old thread the needle. The old thread the needle. I think you could probably mm. go under the car too. Sure. It's like 20% of parking spots in my neighborhood are blocked by a fire hydrant. It sucks. And it sucks too because when you're driving around looking for parking, there's always that glimmer of hope. When you see the first few feet, you're like, oh, is that a spot? No, it's a fire hydrant. Yeah. Yeah. That's Relatedly, sad. there's a construction site across the street that hasn't done anything since we moved in a year and a half ago, but they oh. have a driveway and nobody goes in or out the driveway. But it blocks. So I've just started parking in front of the driveway and have not gotten yeah. ticketed yet. Okay. Hey, that's pretty good. Even in my non-cool phase, I can be pretty rebellious sometimes. Talk about contrarian. Yeah. I mean, this guy parking in front of a driveway. Wow. Like 22 per- year old you would be stoked. I'm like Park Slope Peter Tail. This is, yeah. <laughs> that's always what I've thought about you. Yeah. Okay, I love your hill, but I think we can find a more balanced trade because I think the fire department is going to waste time shoving this hose through these windows or under the car, and they could be saving someone in a burning building. Yeah, I know, but for most of the time, <laughs> like it could get really bad, and I might feel terrible. And like that guilt, I think, is part of the trade that you make in this in this scenario. Okay, okay so in this scenario, it's not only your car windows; it's also the lifelong guilt that you may have delayed a firefighter. I think so. Okay, I still think it's worth it because it's like hmm. a one in what five hundred thousand chance. It has to be really, really small. Really, really small. So it's like those: would you push the button and kill one random person? Pretend it's like one of those scenarios. Hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. But in this case, I think I'd be okay living with the risk that like it's one of those random fires that somebody actually is trapped inside and that infinitesimally small that I'd actually impact someone's life and it's a a risk I'm willing to take. Okay. Okay. (sighs) I'm just trying to think if there's a better way that they could get to the fire hydrant. They could put it on top of the car. That's kind of what I'm I'm thinking go over. In front of the car around. I mean, like a lot of ways to get in there. I, I think the rule... I would imagine it's just a vestige of a different era when fire trucks weren't as good and the hoses weren't as flexible. Yeah. And it's just kind of yeah. part of just, you know, state. The man. The man. The man, right? Just right. holding us down right. from doing fucking cool shit like, like parking. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that I park and then I go do really cool shit. And so like if I'm nice. not able to park, then I can't go then do as much cool shit. Cool. And, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's a vicious cycle. Welcome to my world. 
Wow. I'm surprised that you get out of bed every day and you live it all over again. I know. This is another one that I don't... You just moved into a building that has trash shoots, I would imagine. Hell yeah, I did. Trash shoot lifestyle. It's the greatest. I mean, like I, I write a newsletter called Not Boring and I'm exposing that I'm the most boring person in the <laughs> world right now. But like, do you know, like the myth of Sisyphus when he's pushing the boulder yes, up the hill? Like I, I never feel that more than I do on every Monday and Thursday yep. night when I'm taking mm. out the trash and particularly Thursday when I'm taking out the recycling also. Oof. And then it just starts over. And every time you do yep. anything with a box, like you do yep. something lovely, like you order a pizza. Mm-hmm. And part of my head is like, I'm gonna have to break this pizza box down, and I'm gonna have to yep. tie it up with all the other boxes, and I'm gonna put it on mm-hmm. the curb. But if you live in a building with a trash chute, you just finish your pizza, put the box, throw it in the room. Yeah, it's so it. nice. Throw it in there. I don't care. Yeah, actually, I care deeply, and so I always make sure that the boxes are like neatly <laughs> exactly you? where they're supposed to go. Of course, I do. It's emerging that I'm not pretty conscientious, and you are. No, I don't think that's true. I don't want to make anyone else's life even slightly harder. That's the definition. Yeah. I would feel bad. I do love having a trash shoot. I don't think that's boring at all. What do other people talk about? This is all this is all I talk about is this kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm like really shocked at how much I miss it to the point where like I might not want that brownstone dream because I might mm-hmm. just want to live and rent forever in buildings that have yeah. trash shoots. What if you put a trash shoot in the brownstone? It would go to the curb and then I'd have to go outside. Oh. And like <laughs> I didn't think about <laughs> wrap that. everything up myself. <laughs> So I guess it'd be like a, it's like a, a, sh- just like a smidge more cosplaying fun. Cosplaying as a building manager every yeah. every day. <laughs> I think I, I need to make enough to have both the brownstone and like building staff who are gonna do the trash, or else it's not worth the brownstone. Okay. All right. Well, I still believe in the dream for you. I still do. Thank you. What is your most irrational fear? I'm like pretty fearless now, to be honest, but. When I was younger, my most irrational fear was infinity, like just obsessed with the concept of infinity where I would really like in the middle of the night go into my parents' room crying because <gasps> I started thinking about infinity and then I just couldn't stop thinking about infinity. Mm. And so there were like different pieces of it. One, I can picture this, like it's an image of me trying to dribble a basketball through my leg. This is back when I was, uh, you know, a world-class basketball player yeah, trying absolutely. to dribble through my legs. And then it got caught on like a string and it just like kept going and going and going and I couldn't stop it. That was part of it. Oh my One God. was just like doing the thing in my head where I was like, all right, 10,000 years from now, like then it's nope, but like a hundred thousand, nope. And like just going through that, which wow. was, which was weird. And the other was, have you seen the movie with Haley Joel Osment where he's like the AI, the AI movie where they freeze him? And then he comes back mm-hmm. to life and everybody knows his dead. Like that's the other part that really got me. What if you happen to live forever and then like everybody around you was just like gone? So oh yeah, that God. was my weirdest, most irrational fear. How old were you when that was going around in your head? I think probably from like five to seven or eight. Oh, pretty young. Pretty young. Wow. And it doesn't bother you in the same way today? Or you won't get stuck on it today? I also went to Catholic school. And so like, I really believe that like my soul, I guess the last piece of the fear was that I would go to hell and my family wouldn't, or my family would go to hell and I wouldn't. And then like, you're separated from these people forever. Yes. And so like, now that I'm a little bit older and I don't necessarily believe in that I'm going to heaven or hell, less, less scary. Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember when you found out about infinity? I would imagine it was in class talking yeah. about heaven and hell yeah. and the fact that it just goes on and on and on for like Catholic school growing up. And so the teachers would be like, would tell the kids in my class with divorced parents that like their parents were probably going to hell. Oh, are you serious? Oh yeah. <laughs> there were like, I remember there were two kids in my class with, in my 40 person class with divorced parents. And I remember that because like they made it a thing kind of. 
Oh my God. And this is like a good, like not wrap you on the knuckles kind of Catholic school. Yeah, the good kind where they don't abuse you. Yeah, yeah they, for sure. No physical abuse in my school. No physical abuse. But mental whatsoever. abuse. Just mentally. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so probably in one of those when they said like, if you're bad, you're going to go to hell forever and ever and ever. That's probably okay. when it started. When I was young, I was also raised Catholic and I had to go for a year to Sunday school so that I could make my first communion. And the way that I got out of going to Sunday school was that finally one day the teacher made us all take out sheets of paper. She said, okay, everyone, take out a sheet of paper and a pencil and write down what I tell you to write down. And we're all like, okay. And so we start writing and she goes, dear mom and dad. So we write down, dear mom and dad, if you cannot take me to church every Sunday, please contact so-and-so and they will ensure a ride is provided for me. And we write this down. I bring it home to my mom. And she was like, yep, that's a wrap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Make your communion. We're getting out of there. And I never had to go back. <laughs> that's amazing. We did. We had like a slower transition out of having to go to church. But mm. the whole scandal stuff really helped. And so we were like, yeah, Christmas, Easter. Yeah, kind Christmas, of you know, the hits, the, the classics. Hits. What's your favorite prayer? I liked the Hail Mary. That's like one of two that I had. It was either that or yeah. our father and our father, Hail Mary. Can we name a third? Uh, the Serenity Prayer. I don't Ooh, think that's an official. That's not one. a real prayer, but I, I, I like that one too. <laughs> is there a third prayer rattling around in my brain? Saint Anthony, please come around. Something is lost and cannot be found. What? That sounds like a Green Day lyric. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we'd say <laughs> whenever we lost something in the house and it worked <laughs> like most of the time. <laughs> that's terrific. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow. Wait, repeat it again. St. Anthony, St. Anthony, please come around. Something is lost and cannot be found. Because I'm moving, I just want to make sure I have that because I'm looking for all kinds of stuff right now. Let me know how it goes, but I think it's going to work. I will. I kind of think it will too. God willing. Wow, that's fantastic. Okay. (laughs) Packy, do you use emojis? Where I use them the most, I would say, is on Twitter if I tweet something and people tweet nice things back, but like I run out of saying, uh, I feel bad saying like, thanks, name, exclamation point over and over again. I'll do like the hand raise emoji yes, or like the thumbs up emoji or the handshake emoji. Just like love that to show them that that I'm listening and I'm there, but I don't want to write the same thing out over and over again. Of course. Do you do that instead of saying thanks first name or you're saying you say like thanks and then the like handshake? Instead of in a lot of cases. I'm with you on that. I do that a lot, actually. Sometimes I look back and like I have a lot of them in there, and I feel bad that mm-hmm. I didn't give different people different responses, but I don't think they're going back and looking to see if I responded to everybody the same way. Let me relieve you of this burden, because I don't think this is worth your time and energy to feel guilty about. Thank you. It's a Catholic guilt. Yes, it is. <laughs> do you text with emojis? Yeah, I text with emojis sometimes. I did thumbs up for a while, and now it feels mm. pretty impersonal. So I, I've dropped the thumbs up. Interesting. It had a season and now It no had a more. season. It's gone. As you went over in the beginning, started my career in finance. And like, if you used an exclamation point, it was really weird. Yeah. And then I went to a startup where I started using exclamation points and I felt really weird about that. Now I use them okay. way, way, way too much. Yeah. And then we had like a culture just where you had to use emojis because there's people in, before remote work was cool, we had people in different markets. And so yeah. like, you, you couldn't express tone without emojis. 100%. Somebody I worked with got called in by HR for not using enough emojis. And so she came oh, across like a little cold on, on Slack. So I really wow. got trained in the school of emojis while I was working at Breather. Oh my God. I mean, that absolutely checks out. Whenever I used to need something from our engineering team, I would add a, the little sparkle emoji to it so that it didn't seem like I was making such a big ask. How big of an ask could it possibly be? There's a sparkle next to it. I was thinking about this last night because I 
don't know how I would communicate with words some of the emojis that I send. When I use the monkey with, it's like, see no evil, monkey covering its eyes emoji, that's like a specific thing. It's kind of like, ah, I'm embarrassed, but it's a joke. I'm not really embarrassed because I'm telling <laughs> you about it. How would I communicate that in a text? Yeah, I do I do the face palm emoji. Oh, yeah, me too. That's another time. one that I'd have a hard time. Like, it's, it almost feels like too self-flagellating to say the words that that means, but yes, I mean it sometimes. Yeah, I use the woman. Oh, I, that's my favorite one. When I whenever I do something fancy, I use yes. I use that one. Exactly. Information desk person is what that one's called. Beautiful. How on earth would we say that in words in a text? <laughs> I'm being fancy, <laughs> <laughs> but in a self-aware way. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> I'm self-aware that this is fancy behavior. That's what I would have to write <laughs> if I was to try to do that with words. Thank God for what's what's your favorite all-time emoji? Oh, favorite of all time. Okay, honestly, I don't like sequels usually, but some of the new emojis have been straight bangers. The emoji that half of its face is squished, but it's trying to smile. Oh, Salute emoji, another classic. Any emoji that looks like it's in a ton of pain but trying to smile, <laughs> I'm like, I'm with you. I'm there for you emoji. You are me. I am you. We are one. The salute emoji confused the hell out of me for a lot. Like, where did the <laughs> like? Is there a bug on Twitter right now? Where did the other half go? And now yeah. that's my go-to emoji if someone like gives me feedback in a mean way instead of respond. Like I'll type Ooh. out like a really mean response back, yep. and then I'll delete it and just yep. do the salute emoji. Nice. Oh, you respond? I shouldn't. Right? Like, I, like best practices don't respond. Oh, don't do it. But I do. And it'll be someone no, with like, you know, it. five followers. And I'm like, they actually make kind of a good point. So I have to respond here. Okay. Well, I'll let you. I mean, you can have that one. If you feel like you need to do that, I'll support you. But also, don't. don't. Okay. I'm going to stop. It's a waste stop. of your time. Text me if you forget. Can I text you the mean <laughs> things I would have written to the person? Yeah. Oh, that you can absolutely do. I do that sometimes. Cool. I had a really good one the other day. It was super mean. The guy had like 100 followers. Been at Twitter for a long time. It had nothing to do with the follower count. That's like a very mm. weird one. But it was like, it was just a really, it was mean. It was about his job mm. and telling mm. him how to do his job. And then I just gave a little little salute instead. Wow. Okay. Well, I would say sending an emoji is probably preferable to the tweet. Yes. Okay. This is a two-part question for you. Very exciting. Part one is who would play you in a movie about your life? And then two, what chapter of your life would make for the most compelling movie plot? I'm going to blank on this guy's name. There's a girl neighbor one. There's a girl neighbor. He's been in movies and stuff too. Nice. Oh, movies. Oh, you know the guy from movies. You know the movie. Yeah. He's the guy in it. With the girl neighbor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the girl neighbor. <laughs> now we need to know. When you say the girl neighbor, do you mean the girl next door? Are you talking about Emile Hirsch? I was going to say something like Brad Pitt, but that that like dates mm. me, right? Who's the good looking like, like Timothy Chalamet? <laughs> oh, if you're just picking like the guy, the guy. I, okay, I I understand. I support and understand people who think Timothy Chalamet is the Brad Pitt of our day, but he looks so very young. It is very hard for me to be like, yeah, that's a hot. That's a oh no. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf. I think that'd be a fun one. You know what? Let's go crazy. Shia Ooh. LaBeouf is going to play me in my movie. Hell fucking yeah, he will. That's a great pick. Yeah. Okay. He was in a movie called Disturbia. There was a neighbor in that, I think. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Was it actually? It's one of the few movies with, with the neighbors in it. So I, I think it is. No, I, okay. I have, it, it's a TV show. There's like some sassy girl. I think she works in a restaurant. Okay. What kind of TV show? Is it like a three? Like a no, it's like a CBS sitcom. Popular. Yeah. 
Okay. Currently? Current? It's on? I don't think it's on anymore. I think all these people have moved on to bigger and better things. What era was it on? It was maybe on like a decade ago. A decade ago. And there was a girl neighbor who worked at a restaurant. <laughs> I think I, I, I could be on like the totally wrong show at this point. No, I think no. she had like a yellow and red. Oh, it was called Two Broke Girls. Two Broke Girls. Yeah. And there's a guy in that show who people tell me I look like. Robbie? It could, it could also not be Two Broke Girls. I could be thinking of two broke girls' uniforms. I think, yeah. You ever just realize you're so good at making a podcast, it's like hard to handle? You ever just... <laughs> Can we leave this in uncut? Yeah, absolutely. Well, because now we need to, because I need everybody's help. I need everyone on the freaking case here, okay? All right, so it's, I'm looking at pictures. Oh, whoa. So here I found a picture of oh. one of the savages. This is uh-huh. not not what I was going for. One of the savages might, he's wearing a headphones. He might be a producer on this show, completely coincidentally. Wow. But not who I'm talking about. And maybe not the like show you? that I'm talking about. Not real. A little bit. He's brown hair. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's go with Shia LaBeouf. All right. Let's go with Shia LaBeouf. I am going to be thinking about this for a while. There is one character that did come up on the Two Broke Girls wiki, though, that his character description was he played the perverted Ukrainian cook. That's the guy. Is that the no. guy? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, oh, no. good times. Okay, so Shia LaBeouf, he's coming out of retirement to play you. What chapter of your life are we going to base the plot of this movie around? My favorite genre of movie is like the 80s high school movie. Ooh, like they're just, okay. nobody makes great ones. Like there's a few that come out that are pretty good, but like yeah. just like the 80s high school movie. So probably okay. I do high school just to get to do one of those those movies. You mean like a Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Like a Fast Times at Ridgemont High, She's All That, all those kinds of More shows. More 80s or 90s? Are oh, you thinking- 90s. Good point. Good point. Yeah. 90s as well. The whole anything John Hughesy, but like- Okay, like maybe a 10 Things I Hate About You. Sure. I don't love that one, actually. What's the okay. actress's name in that one? I don't, she's like not my, not my favorite. I know who it is. It's not Kirsten Dunst. No, but you're right. But it's it's like the other person like her. her. Yeah. yeah. It's the other person that at the time I thought those were the same woman. She was in a dance movie. Yes, she was exactly. She stage. Jesus Christ. So good at podcasting. It's crazy. <laughs> so I'm like blown away by my own ability sometimes. No, this is really good. The Freddie Prinze Jr. movie where he has the yellow Defender and he's like- Is that a car? Yeah. the Like the oh. yellow Land Rover Defender- it's like the car I want to drive because of that genre of movie is probably okay. what I would do with Shia starring me. Something tells me he would be down for that. I think you catch him in the right moment and he's down for practically anything. A lot of things. In this scenario, would we want to make it about your childhood, meaning about your time in high school, or are we setting it in the 80s? Ooh, we could set it in the, I guess I was in high school in the early 2000s. Really like the period that I'm looking for is before cameras got good. And so it was like a little bit grainier, like that, that. Love. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes, like it was on VHS. And so we could yep. do that in my childhood, but as long as it's on VHS. I actually think that's fantastic and a very good marketing strategy. This is the contrarian Park Slope Peter Teal thing in me again. Yes. Park Slope's Peter Teal, Packy McCormick, as everyone refers to, of course. I think this is great. So then also the soundtrack could be very cool for this movie. The Garden State movie soundtrack. You like might just want to do that as the soundtrack. Number one best movie soundtrack of all time. Of all time. Of all time. I remember after cross-country pack or whatever, we'd get in the car. We'd go to like a train station parking lot. Boys like ride around and just like shoot the shit. 
Maybe someone would smoke a cigarette. Maybe someone would pack oh a lip. God. And we'd just like talk about girls and stuff and listen to the Garden State soundtrack. It was wow. super, super, super cool in, in high school. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Also, shout out to the phrase pack a lip. Haven't heard it in over a decade, but boy, does it slap. Thank you for bringing <laughs> Woo. Haven't done it in over a decade, but man, do I miss it. So fun. Wow. Well, we'll have to write it in to the, the script. There's something so early 2000s high school about that. Totally. Yeah. We were on the cross-country team, so you couldn't smoke, right? Like, it would mess your lungs up, but you could. You wanted to be rebellious, and so... Who needs a mouth? Absolutely. <laughs> Pack that lip, as that's I've what always the, said. That's what the movie is called. Who needs a mouth? Who needs a mouth? <laughs> this is going to be a good movie. Okay, I'm excited about this. I can't wait. If you weren't doing what you do now professionally, what would you be doing? I kind of want to go back to school and study, like, math and physics and stuff, although my brain, like, couldn't keep up with it now. Okay. I'm like mad at younger me for not getting better at those things. Now mm. that I like, I just wish that I were like more, we're non-technical, but like more technical yeah. and like better at just like answering the really deep questions by like solving a bunch of formula. My brain wouldn't be yeah. able to do it now, but like that's, that's kind of the dream. Like just going Why back. Why do you want that? Do you think? Maybe it's like that, that infinity question all over again. Like I, I, I think it's actually probably because I've started reading some of Carlo Rovelli's books and he's mm. like just this quantum physicist and like he just writes so beautifully and like understands mm -hmm. the universe in such a deep way that I'm like man like if I had read this book before I started studying physics mm -hmm. or whatever in high school I would have cared so much more and it's like really it would take years and years and years and it wouldn't be yeah. worth it at all and I wouldn't be really good at it and all of those yeah. things but like just reading those books I was like it'd be really cool to just like be able to do physics it's so hard for me to accept that there are some things I will never be highly proficient at. Yeah. It's really hard, but there there will be hard, but there there will. Yeah, I could totally. And I could I could read that book before I started studying physics and my brain totally. still wouldn't be high powered enough to go do that. But like that's the in this fantasy world where I quit and just go back to school, like that's probably what I'd do. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I think that that's very interesting. And I do feel like it's related to the infinity thing somehow. I don't know. But just mull that over next time oh, you lay down to sleep. Just oh mull over the big questions. <laughs> it's going to start all back up again. Oh, no. Do you have any truly useless talents? I'd say all of my talents are fairly, I mean, I write a newsletter on the internet. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't with this. I don't know. I, I'm not a fan. My biggest I, weakness is that I, I work too hard. I mean, I care too I much. I care too much. <laughs> no, no, but like serious, that's like a real weakness because sometimes it means that like I can get burnt out, you know? So of no, course. I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. That's that's my favorite answer. I realized thinking about this one because, you know, big fan of the pod, mm -hmm. realizing I, I like don't have very many like small talents. Really? Yeah. I'm like not good at a bunch of Do stuff. Do you have any party tricks? I mean, like, I used to open beer bottles, like, with my teeth, but, like, no, like, good, you know, like, <gasps> that's, I know, I had to stop. Oh, no! I know, that one. Packy! Ah! Ow! Wait, like, glass bottles? Like, the ones with the the metal caps? Oh, did you ever break a tooth? Wait, don't tell me. This Wait, one is me. just, like, kind of biled down a little bit. Oh, I know. God. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't no, cool. No, that's not <laughs> <Yeah>. worth it. <laughs> not worth it, but it will be in the movie. Oh my god! The movie, the party scenes in the movie are going to be. I'm upset picturing this, but I'm excited to see Shia interpret it. Shia's going to pull Shia's a tooth gonna out go doing method. it. <laughs> Shia's going to absolutely be like, "No, I don't need fake teeth. I'm doing it." And this we're going to be like, him. "He's an artist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's uh, yeah, he's an artist." I'll be honest; I do not ever want to see you do that, but I am glad to know that you could in an emergency. I got you in the apocalypse. That could be useful. 
Yeah. Cans of food and all of that kind of stuff, I'm sure I can figure out. Do you have any pet peeves that take place in movies and television? Like things that when you see them on the screen just drive you nuts? Mine is more of a pet peeve about myself that I don't have any of those. I'm like the easiest (gasps) critic of all time. Oh, that's great. With movies and like you could put the dumbest thing on and I'll enjoy it. Mm. I think it's like it's a blessing and a curse. Like I wish I could sound smarter and like critique a movie. Be like, oh, I didn't love that they did like this in Act Two, or, but like dumb movies, throw them at me. I'm going to enjoy something about that movie. I think that's a great quality. That's fabulous. Yeah. You're just seeing the best in people, though. It does make me want to take an extra pass at our script when we make your film. <laughs> but other than that, I think that's a great quality. I'll be like an executive producer or something useless that doesn't actually impact the the script. I want to leave it to the artists like you. Perfect, perfect. EP. Exactly. That'd be so cool at the end of the movie, executive producer, Packy McCormick. If it's about my life, right? I think it could be called Not Boring. Mm-hmm. That's a great name for a movie. Yeah. You don't like it. You, you want to go back to um, Who Needs a Mouth? <laughs> Who Needs a Mouth just, I think, really, really landed. Pack a lip. Because <laughs> the play on pack, it's good. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even get that. That's incredible. Wow. It's, cool. it's what I want to be known for, frankly. So I was going to say, it sounds like the thing that the Peter Thiel of Park Slope would want to be known for. It's just packing a lip of tobacco. Yeah, that's the sequel about my life as a, a dad in Park Slope is the Peter Thiel of Park Slope. The Peter Thiel of Park Slope. Paints a vivid image. <laughs> okay, Packy, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Knock flexible, reliable notifications infrastructure that's built to scale with you. Take notifications off of your engineering roadmap and get back those resources, baby. And by resources, let's be real. We mean time and money. Building notifications infrastructure in-house takes time and time is money. And that money could be spent on way better stuff like um, podcast ads, for example. That's just, I don't know. That's just the first thing that came to mind. Knock's powerful features include pay-as-you-go, no upfront fees, and no infrastructure setup required. Created to handle even the most complex notifications use cases, Knock is built for scale and resiliency to power your enterprise. Knock, knock, who's there? <laughs> it's a powerful API that lets you engage users, power cross-channel workflows, and manage notification preferences. I cannot believe I got this ad copy approved. Get started today for free at knock.app slash non-technical. That's K-N-O-C-K dot A-P-P slash non-technical. And we're back with Packy McCormick, the author of Not Boring. Packy McCormick, we have arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do you know where we are? No. We've arrived at the lightning round. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, here we go. Okay, first question for you, coffee or tea? Coffee. How do you take it? I do <laughs> sponsored. I do these Cometeer coffee pods. Cometeer guy. Mm. Big Cometeer guy. Drink them black now. I used to drink milk. I don't don't even need it anymore with the Cometeer. You don't even need, so good you don't even need the milk. <laughs> exactly. And it's definitely not because you burned off all your taste buds from packing sweet, sweet lips of tobacco. I think they've grown back. That was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I drink my coffee black too. Uh, no lips packed. Do you have a favorite board game? Monopoly, Settlers of Catan, I don't know, the, the usual. I have no good, nice. yeah, no good. No, that's good. Niche board game. Lots of people I talk to who do some form of business say Monopoly. Really? Yep. I picture myself as the guy, the monocle man. Like the cool guy? Oh, yeah. Driving yeah, yeah, around yeah. in the little car, the dog. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I love that he has a dog. That's a very humanizing feature of Mr. Monopoly. <laughs> Are all those his things? Do you? I've oh never thought God. about it. I don't know. Huh. Maybe those are his belongings. Well, they're, I think they're supposed to be like the trappings of a wealthy life, are they not? But I wonder if they're his trappings of a wealthy life. I think they are. I think we just blew this thing wide open. There's a top hat. And then other things I think belong to his staff, though, because I believe there's an iron. Oh, he doesn't use He's that. He's not ironing. Mr. Monopoly's not ironing. It's his iron. He's not the one who uses it. That's right. Wow. Okay. Well, but this try is taking a it out of his house. Yeah. Try to. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Tell you that. Do you have a pump-up song? We do like the eight mile, lose yourself. Mm, yep. Right? Feels yeah. like a good one. I don't I don't really need to like pump myself up much. You're just naturally pumped? I'm just naturally. I just don't think there's nothing I do that I like need to get super pumped for now, but I think huh. I would do eight mile, lose yourself if I like really needed to get pumped. Nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that's a great one. That's a classic. When you make the bed, do you use a top sheet or no top sheet? We have we have no top sheet, but we have two blankets, which is terrible. Do you mean it goes fitted sheet, blanket, blanket, comforter? Fitted sheet, comforter, comforter. Like a duvet? No, just like two of the same, a not quilt. same ones, but like, yeah, two like full regulation blankets, covers. <laughs> yeah, it's not, I like to, I mean, this is not anything novel. I like to sleep colder. My wife likes to sleep hotter. Yeah. She likes the two blankets. I have to like pull them off and okay. the whole thing. Mm. I'll be honest, I've never heard of this. Part of me wants to go to the tailor and have them, or like to the, you know, whoever would do it, just have them cut yes. it in half and stitch it back up so that it's just on her side of the bed. I, I might do that. First of all, what a thoughtful gift that would be. <laughs> I think you should do that. That's so funny. We'll see. I love this idea. All right, I'm going to do it. Be like, I care so much about the temperature you are when you sleep. I made you this. It's more that I, I mean, she would know pretty quickly it is more about the temperature that, that I sleep at that I, I care about here, but it's a thought that counts. It's a thought that counts. That's great. Do you have a favorite cartoon character? No, I don't. No. Nobody Twist. like really nobody really speaks to me. Have you ever read a book twice? Read books twice. A bunch. What, what's one that comes to mind? I've read Goodnight, Goodnight Construction Site about a thousand times. And Little Humans. Have you have you done Little Humans? No. So the, you know the guy who does Humans in New York? Yes. He has this book, Little Humans. It's just pictures of kids and talks about like, all the things that kids can do. I've read that probably every night for the past 600 nights. Wow. So that one. That's cute. That's very cute. Memorize the whole thing if you want me to. I was just going to say, it sounds like something you probably know by heart by now. Oh, yeah. Okay, Packy, this is my last question for you, which is super sad because it means that we have to go, which I hate. But what would you title your memoir? I think Packing a Lip. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> We've already titled the movie. I'm not gonna. I want to keep a consistent, consistent brand. Here. I love it. Yeah, you have to keep a consistent brand. You know that. Or actually boring, or yeah, something. Actually I mean, boring. Yeah. What about kind of boring? Kind of boring. Actually. Kind of boring. Actually, kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> kind of boring actually is good. Kind of boring actually is my favorite. I think. Yeah, kind of boring actually. Kind of boring actually. Wow, I absolutely love that, Packy. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. Pleasure is all mine. Welcome to the neighborhood. Thank you. Where can people find more about you online? At PackyM on Twitter or notboring.co. Hell yeah. And you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok or at non-technicalpod in all three places as well. Packy, once again, I can't wait to hang soon. I hope you have a fabulous day. Thank you so much for coming on. You too. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.